buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 32. Today we're going to chat with Asai Hudson from Hudson Manufacturing, make a prank call to 511, and talk about Blue Alpha gear. Today's panel is Sean Heron. Hello. Lacey Lane. What's up, guys? And I'm Ava Flav. <laughs> oh, we're still doing that, are we? <laughs> I just, ever since the radio morning show didn't work out, yeah. I just, I... You I held st- on to the name. Yeah. I still want to be Ava Flav, yeah. All right, well, we still need to buy you that big clock to wear around your neck. Okay, I, well, I'm waiting. <laughs> I think that's what we need to do. How is everyone doing today? Is everyone having fun? Um, okay, no one's well, having fun. Yeah, I'm having a blast. Oh, everybody here? Yeah. Every day is a blessing. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. <laughs> this now is my I'm new confused. thing. Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of blessed. Let's talk about Manticore Arms just a little bit. I wanted to talk a little bit about their muzzle devices. Ava, have you seen those? I have. So here's people the thing. rant and rave about them. That's all I know. It's usually me. I've seen them in person. They're pretty. <laughs> they are. Uh, they've got just about everything you can need for your AKs, ARs, and other uh, strange thread pattern stuff out there as well. Uh, the afterburner muzzle comp that they have nick just bought one uh one of our good friends nick and it is actually very cool so it's a linear compensator and they've got this afterburner flash hider that screws onto the tip of it uh the best thing that i like about all their muzzle brakes is they're all under 60 bucks so pretty pretty That's- great prices whereas a lot of companies out there you're looking over 100 bucks for that stuff um they are just really really inexpensive and i actually use the uh, night break on probably about 80 percent of my rifles so I like it. keeps everything shooting really flat, and the night break is fifty seven ninety five. But since people don't pay full price on this show... They never do. What's the code? It is GUNFUNNY15, and that gets you 15% off. Yeah, and I, I'm not really good with math on the fly, so I'm not going to tell you what that'll be, but it's fifty seven ninety five minus 15% plus shipping, and uh, that'll get you your very, very own Manticore Arms muzzle device. Is and- there anything that you're good at? Mm. I think he does well at the technology side of things. Mm. No. Oh. Absolutely not. I was trying to give you some credit. <laughs> when you were like top energy, uh, like were you just going to try to make me sad all day? Is that Was, was that the plan, the goal? <laughs> that was correct. <laughs> okay, great. Let's talk to our guest. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. You like that intro? That's a very good African sounding theme. It's like <laughs> hyenas and lions chasing gazelle. It's pretty awesome. Yes. And then and then we lift up Simba and we're like, hey. <laughs> but instead of Simba, it's actually tickles. Yeah. Tech oh, tickles. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I love all these ideas. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get to where you are right now? Uh, as a young boy in Mississippi, uh, I started hunting and uh, getting into guns when I was about nine years old. And it was a two forty three handy rifle that started all that. And then uh, just being raised in uh, that culture, a bunch of uh, Louis L'Amour books, cowboys, Indians. Uh, and then uh, eventually wound up going to the Army. Uh I was conned. Someone told me that if I went to a military academy that I would be really, really cool and I'd be able to shoot all the time and throw grenades. And, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to graduate this college. I'm going to be part of the unit. This is going to be the most cool thing in the world. 
Yeah, so I learned a lot. Uh, uh, definitely took uh, the wool off my eyes. I was, guess I was raised real ignorant. No one in my family been in the military or to college, so I knocked two out right there. And uh, then bending school for boys and then uh, Fort Wainwright, Alaska. And during that time is whenever uh, Lauren and I met. I think we actually met uh, at school, but neither of us remember that. It was only whenever she was networking after graduating. Uh, she had like sent out a, hey, everyone that's graduating, I'm go- I may be commissioning in the Air Force. And, you know, she was, bu- she was being responsible adult, building her network. And all I could think was, I have no idea who this is. So I click on it, look her up, and I'm like, it has been so long. I haven't talked to you in forever. What are you <laughs> up to? Oh, my gosh. And so I was like, guilt. Guilt's going to get me through this. <laughs> and it did. So she, she responded to the email. And so uh, that relationship started. Uh, as far as the gun part, I never really lost interest in that. Uh, I was on the pistol team at West Point. And so that was the most triggered time. But, uh, you know, it's like collegiate pistol, but you're doing five, six, seven days a week, two to three hours a day. So you spend a lot of time working on trigger squeeze. A lot of annoying long time (laughs) trigger squeeze um fast forward get through uh we both deployed afghanistan lauren ended up not taking a commission and ended up uh instead went as a contractor to afghanistan uh from 11 to 12 uh, we went to kandahar came back and we'd spent the entire year both in the same country probably 20 miles from each other and saw each other five times and if we realize we realized that if we both followed the career trajectories that those paths were taking us. We wouldn't see each other. And I'm a little bit of a sap. So I was like, no, let's, let's do something where we could work together. So we're like, well, that we might kill each other. So let's do a test case first. Uh, so we opened up a garage FFL while I was still in the army. And uh, in Alaska, we were doing a garage FFL. Uh, Lauren was the smarter one, but I was, I was out there and it, uh, we started taking real interest because it gave us an excellent start. We got to, you know, we knew our clients, they were army. I knew they would all pay and I knew they'd all pass the next check. So I didn't have to worry about any of those things, but, uh, I'd ask them for a price point, a purpose and any brands that they liked and why. And we'd do a research project and come back with three options. Um, why do you like this gun versus other guns? And then that was really the start. And we got, because we became dealers, we were able to go to shot show. And we just started walking the floor and somewhere along that, while we were trying to figure out what we we're going to do once we got out, um, one of us said, the crazy thing is, I think we can make a better pistol. And we immediately realized we should never say that to anyone again, ever. <laughs> and just We had to show instead of tell. And so uh, we took all our deployment money, uh, all of our savings and threw it into the first prototype, went on guru.com and... Uh, copied and pasted a Beretta design engineer uh, job description, just took out the Beretta name, threw it on guru.com, found an engineer and started working on the brick prototype. So wow, it, it was a very, very gradual. It's kind of, you know, like boiling a frog. It was a very, very gradual introduction to the, the madness that is firearms manufacturing. <laughs> and what year was that when you guys decided that you wanted to create a firearm? Uh, I think 2013 is when we first really pitched the idea. Before that, there was a lot of a lot of shooting, uh, a lot of looking at patents, a lot of uh, looking at marketing. A lot of we did a lot of research before we did any development. We we both are kind of nerds, so we kind of own up to it. 
That's awesome. Now, if I recall correctly, like some of the first prototypes weren't done in like some CAD design software or anything. It was like PowerPoint, right? Yes. I actually uh-huh. went back and found those PowerPoints. <laughs> They're hideous. Actually, one of them is a very beautiful uh, Wilson Combat uh, 1911 that I copied and pasted a million times and then just cropped the photo mm-hmm. and like put all the pe- Frankenstein to the pieces of the photo together. And I'm like, I think that's, that's what we're going for. <laughs> and it's like, there you go. That's some, that's some sophisticated stuff. No, I mean, that's, that's one of my favorite parts of the story just because it shows that you don't have to have, you know, just sometimes a dream is enough, you know, sometimes if you can just figure it out and use tape and paper and, and whatever you have at your, you know, at your hands, I think it's, it's really cool. It, it was definitely interesting. And, uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping that somebody hears this and has has a little bit of help because there is no dummy's guide to building a gun. I looked. <laughs> I really appreciated that. So tell us about the journey to create the H9. Okay, so we had no idea what we were doing except that a bunch of business books and seeing what other people were uh, were doing out there. Um, we had the. the the most awesome resource is everything that's on the internet, all the reviews that you can find, every gun review, every gun reviewer, um, looking through the information that's available on any type of guns and ammo, recoil, any you know, any of the magazines out there, you gain a piece of knowledge. So we really threw ourselves into there to really look at, not to mention you can look at stuff, the published stuff from any from where from Picatinny Arsenal to the MHS bid or anything that's gone before. And you try to try to figure out what lessons were actually learned. And that, uh, that gets really, it gets really iffy because if you, you make a lot of wrong guesses and it can be very costly when you make a wrong guess. So we started with, we wanted a striker fired 1911. And then, uh, I think we found the patent for the Detonics, uh, pistol and we're like it's already been done look they're already going to do it and would you know that could have killed the dream right there because at the time i really had a firm belief that the market was not ready for something drastically different looking mm-hmm. and uh, actually that, that remained a belief the entire time and we knew what a risk it was um so whenever people are like well they made it look so much like the 1911 like yeah it took a lot of work to do that. And uh, we did that very, very much on purpose. Cause you look at like the, the vector CP one, which is a polymer, a polymer grip, South African uh, pistol made. I think the, the rights are now owned by Danelle, which is a large corporation, but that looks so space agey. It's in every sci-fi um, movie in the world. It looks so space agey because it was, it was way ahead of its time. It was snag free design, single stack, nine mil, um, but people really thought it was too space agey to be, I guess, American. Um, it was a very un-American, not anti-American, un-American aesthetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so getting back to the point, we we started with we have to make it look normal, but we kept on making all these design decisions based on the performance we wanted, which forced us to make it not look as normal as we would have preferred. <laughs> and so the, uh, the, the, the performance desires of the design drove the aesthetic. And then we had to go back and relook at the aesthetic because I mean, you, the pictures of the brick that we've put out there, that is one ugly gun and that we lovingly call it the brick, but it was our favorite pistol. Cause it's the first one we made. I mean, the first time that was fired, 
we didn't even fire it. We, our engineer said, oh, I'm just going to go down to the range. And we're like, okay, you know, this engineer, he's got it dialed in. He's going to go. He's going to put it into a ransom rest. He's going to stand back the appropriate amount. He, he sends us a video, and he's sitting there offhand just <laughs> down range. We were like, <sighs> you know, just uh, – we 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 were like, oh my god! I hope he's alive, you know. Because, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was it was a good lesson learned. We learned we learned more in that first pistol than I'd say um, the rest of the pistols combines. Everything from sourcing parts because it was just Lauren and I. Lauren was working full time after I got out of the military uh, and supporting us while I was being a a. a dreamer house husband uh you know <laughs> sitting there all wide-eyed and googly about i want to make a gun you know and but uh any of the times where we were actually looking at um reaching out to people uh doing stuff very very by the numbers um lauren's lauren's background is in big data so everything she would get done with her job and then spend a whole nother working day working through with me stuff that i'd found as we were working through this so it was a lot of work from her on the front end while I, while I got to sit there and dream big. And uh, we kept on iterating. And once we'd got through, we'd made so many mistakes in that first design that we learned from really, you know, that the trigger mechanism wasn't what we wanted. It ended up looking a lot like a, an Alchemy Spectre pistol, which is not everybody knows what that pistol is. Um, but it's pretty, it's a pretty neat and, and far the, as far as you get into the history of, of pistol design, it's one of those neat ones um, that didn't take off uh, as well as it could have, but it was a case study for us and we, we used that case study. Um, but that's what we ended up looking like. And we're like, this is very crude. It's very ugly, but it's a, I believe it's a proof of concept, but that's a hard sell. Whenever it's 46, 54 ounces, you're like, wow, it shoots really flat. You're like, well, I- <laughs> It's exactly because of the recoil, you know, mechanism placement right now. So uh, we had to we had to go in and get investment after that. We had to sell that concept and that idea. Not only did we sell that, uh, we spent a lot of time looking at the numbers um, of the marketplace in general. Uh, NSSF was, a, you know, our, our best reference there. We used all their data and did a presentation. And of course, at the time, we were going through the the boom, right? The yeah. bubble would, you know, the everything was just rising, rising, rising. So the the sell on that wasn't as hard, luckily, from that perspective. So was there ever a time that you just got really discouraged and you thought, you know, perhaps this isn't a good idea. Let's just go out and get regular jobs. It's not worth it. Probably 50 to 100 times in this, <laughs> you know, five-year period, uh, if not more. Um, this is this has been, and you know, an, an incredible uh, amount of work. Uh, but it's been, it's been, uh, well, I'll say this, if, if anyone's thinking that we're living high and, you know, just, just, just chilling, I still drive my 2006 F-150, um, all, all this now, but the, the great story about that is that we just did hire, like I said, six new people and brought on two horizontal machines. So, uh, the, the money's going back into to building our company and hiring new people. So that's been pretty cool, but yeah, you go through. You, you go through one time of, uh, well, actually, let's, let's use the best example. When we didn't ship last June, you want to talk about we should just give up right now. You know, let's sell it. You know, everyone was really excited. We had plenty of offers for people to buy us in January. Um, let's, you know what, let's find someone who knows this better than us. And all those thoughts run through you and you, you start really considered. And if, if you're a responsible 
you're a responsible person and business owner, you, you should, you should have all those thoughts and you should weigh them. Mm-hmm. Um, the results of that uh, cost us most of our marketing budget, if not all, uh, but we kept our people and we used the time to, to train, to really dial in some assembly techniques. And then, great, we've, we've sourced the part. We're in October. We're ready to ship. All right, guys, let's get all, everybody get excited again, excited again. Two-week delay because parts come in and no one can diagnose correctly what's going wrong. Everything is just back. We've 100% all the parts. Everything should be working, and it's not. And so everyone's just like, Great, here we go again. We're too we're too stupid for this. You know, everybody you know, we're it's nine o'clock at night on a Wednesday and you know you gotta be there six or seven in the morning if we're gonna if we're gonna crack this code. And uh it's a it's a polishing issue, it's an excess friction issue on a on a wear surface. Wow. And it's a it's a breakthrough by one guy who just is like, I'm gonna go get drunk eat a lot of pizza and I'll be back here at five or six in the morning and I'm going to look at this with new eyes and everybody gets back and they're sitting there staring at the part and they're like, Oh, here we go. Go back. They start, they start smoothing it out and you're like, ta-da. And as an engineer, right. You know, he's been isolating variables for about two weeks now. And it's something that can't be seen, but it has to be felt from like a profilometer. And so uh, that was that was a big day where everyone I thought was going to throw in the towel <laughs> oh, um, because there's nothing wrong with the parts. Right. Um, and then we've had uh, I'm, I'm really our team is incredibly hardworking. I'd say that less than one to one point five percent of the product that has gone out has had any issue. But the first time someone comes on uh, online, it just starts just tearing you apart. Everything, you know, four to five years of your life. Well, these two, these people are too early to market. They're too stupid. They're too small. You know, you go through all that. You're like, all right, I got, I got good thick skin. You know, I'm a big fella. <laughs> man, that hurts. Uh, and you, you just got to start laughing at yourself. And then uh, your only, your only recourse at that point is you have to decide that every negative you got to meet with a positive. You got to reach out to them and say. Hey, if you let me, let us help you, we'll help you. If you aren't going to let us help you, well, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll cover it. We'll cover the shipping. We'll cover the warranty. We'll cover, you know, but you find that, uh, the, the social media is a great thing for marketing and, but you, you better be ready to respond because if you ain't ready to back up, you know, your warranty or anything like that, Ooh, you got to be gutted. <laughs> They're going to tear you up in front of the world. So you guys got a lot of positive uh, stuff after you guys made your announcement uh, during the production delays. There was a, there was a lot of negative. Would you say that it's generally 50 50? Would you say the negative outweighs the positive or would you say where would you say you stand today? I've been shocked that the positive has far outweighed the negative. Um, I'm very grateful for it. It is not something whenever I look at the, the, the uh, different examples throughout the industry I see so much negativity. There's so many people who just want to tear each other up or, or just tear down anything. Um, but uh, we, we had, you know, a lot of the hype, a lot of the marketing guys were really excited that first year we came out with a cool brand video. And so they got really excited. That's what we wanted to do. And then we were ready for production in June. And that, you know, that's that's pretty legit. We were supposed to be three to six months. People can forgive that. But once we hit that delay in June, everybody's like, well, there goes another, another vaporware. You got two to three years before that goes out. And it's like, ah, oh, do, do you just throw in the towel there? You know, yeah. you've, already, you've just gutted your marketing budget. You can't throw a bit, you know, you're working through all your issues. You can't throw out the, 
hey, I said we'd do it when we do it. Just wait. <laughs> uh, it just it just don't work that way. Um, so whenever we uh, whenever we got to that and we actually shipped, the funniest thing was like uh, at Shot Show this year, someone's like, "So are y'all ever gonna ship?" It's like we've been shipping for four months, man. They're, they're out there. We've seen reviews, <laughs> and they're like, "Really." I'm like, see, now that's what I wish more people would report on. <laughs> there are big companies that it's take two to three years to, to actually get them to market. Now, we have a ragtag little group of uh, crazy smart people, not myself included, but our, our team working every day. And they did, what, four months delay? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a lot of work that went into that. So, uh, so whenever, whenever people talk about the positives this year, it's actually been more positive. We went a really, we went a lot lower key. Um, we actually did, we, we made sure that we got out on range day and got made sure people could shoot the pistol and shoot the H nine a and the threaded barrel. Um, but that was more, we didn't want to try to follow up from last year because it's just like, uh, don't, don't let's, that, that isn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, uh, I don't know. I think that I think whenever we were having our big brain meeting, and this is how in depth you know the marketing brains get. It's like we don't want to be the prom queen who goes back to the high school her first <laughs> year in college and and just tries to one up the current prom queen. Let's go in with some dignity. We're educated. It, it was it was like yeah, there we go. That's that's deep deep level thinking right there. Um, but uh, we really enjoyed it because a lot of the people who really stayed away from us because of the hype came uh, and started talking to us because uh, we actually shipped and a few of their friends had shot it. And so that it was a completely different experience. But I think, I think for the, uh, the brand, the product, it was just as positive as shot show. So mm-hmm. that was very, very rewarding. Because I remember, so Sean and I, we, we were there uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And we talked to you. We actually interviewed you. Um, and then and then this past SHOT Show range day, we shot it. Um, but I remember you saying that two years ago that you guys had just received the guns. Like, you had just received the <laughs> prototype. How, how open am I supposed to be about this stuff? <laughs> you know, behind the curtain, you really don't want to spoil for some people. But, I mean, that's impressive. We, we, you we put have, out a video already, so I think... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But for you when, to have like something was, that you just received a few days prior and you're like, all right, great. Just throw it into range day. We need something. Because, I mean, you were literally in, like scrambling two they, years ago. I flew in four working prototypes the day before range day. Wow. <laughs> the, the, the morning of range day, we got to run rounds through them to make sure that they were running. <laughs> And you and everybody was sitting there. It's like I hope everyone wore their brown pants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because guys, this is this is four to five years of our lives right here. And uh, it was, but uh, the the hard work that everybody put in paid off. It's just the guns ran. And I, the funniest one, uh, the crazy thing about that that year, like everybody's like, "Why are you only allowing five rounds?" And we're like, "Well, there's thirty people in line to shoot it." But that wasn't actually the only reason. They had lost our ammo. Oh God! <laughs> brand brand new brand new exhibitor uh, put on the end of the line. We we were the morning of and the night before scrambling for ammo. That's why we had steel case and all just different random ammos. And we're sitting there going, 
oh come on Thomas. oh come on steel case oh come. it's like okay here you here's your five rounds and we're like do we have enough for the rest of the day this is going crazy and so people were actually making runs to get ammo uh because we were afraid we were gonna run out and like it was i mean and don't get me wrong the people at industry day at the range were like so embarrassed and like so many awesome people came up and offered as much as they could here's a couple hundred rounds here and there and it, but it just got funny because we were like, look at the turnout. What are we going to do if we <laughs> run out of ammo? This is going to be the most embarrassing thing yeah. in the world. And you guys were definitely the most popular booth there. Yeah. Everyone was, you were in the same same spot that you were in last year. Yeah, I pushed down three old men uh, to make to, it up there yeah. uh, two years ago. I remember that. Yeah, yeah it was fine. I, I'm not upset about it. But uh, I mean... it. It was cool this year because, like, you guys made up for it, Mm -hmm. I feel like, because you were like, here, shoot as much as you want. (laughs) We did. That was very, very important to us. So we we actually brought um, a lot of ammo. And, you know, a lot of people have forecasted. They were like, this year, industry day at the range is going to be dead. It's going to be dead. No one's going to, you know, because everybody's had a, a rough year. So for the first 15 minutes... We had like two shooters. I was like, all right, this is a new year. This is totally different. I'm sitting, and then all of a sudden, bam, slam, wall to wall. We did not let up the rest of the day. And we were like, all right, everyone, next time, let's just continue to plan. Like, we're going to make sure people get to shoot a lot of, a lot of rounds out of our pistols. <laughs> I think so. I shot like three magazines. So <laughs> it was fun. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you had the chance. <laughs> You brought uh, you brought H9A to the market uh, this year or recently, I guess. Tell us tell us about that. Well, we haven't we haven't actually brought it to market yet, and everyone keeps on asking for a release date, and we're like, "Ha fool me once, uh, <laughs> shame, shame on me, um, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me." Okay, so we're not going to actually do a release date. Um, we do have multiple shops um, bidding on the aluminum grip, and the reason for that is everybody's like, well, "Why are you doing the H9A?" It was always the plan. It was always the plan, but we were the original plan ship around March or June of last year and then start shipping the H9A around January, February, March this year. Well, with the delay, we've had to account for where the cash flow is and everything we're doing. Um, But what we wanted to do, the reason we brought it to SHOT Show is because we wanted people to know that, yeah, it wasn't just going to be the H9. That was never the intent. It never it never was the plan. Um, we wanted to do the H9 first. We're going through history. We started with a steel pistol, and uh, the whole big goal of the marketing in the first year was don't niche your product, whatever you do. So whenever you compare it to a pistol, compare it to five others right away. And that was a, that was a big challenge. Um, this year, we're going to get to have a little bit of fun because we get to start niching our own product with our own competing product. <laughs> so now um, you, you look at a, what, who are like, well, who's the H9 for? I'm like, anyone who likes a double stack nine millimeter, but also likes their steel is real gun or the 226 or the 229 or CZ75, similar weight, similar construction. Um, but wants the, wants the uh, 1911 style trigger with a striker fired system that, that uh, our, our technology brings and um, competition guys. As far as a starting point for competition guys, everybody everybody was worried about the price. I'm telling you, I've seen someone take like a $200 gun, dump $5,000 into it, and be like, now I'm going to win these races. <laughs> <Yeah. so. clears throat> Sean, with your high point. Uh, 
Okay, but that's that's ironic. <laughs> Is that what we're I'm, calling I'm it? I'm being a hipster with that. <laughs> and so uh, whenever I think whenever people realize, you know, a couple people have been concerned about the cost, but whenever they realize at 1147 as an entry price for a steel pistol that they can have a 1911-style trigger that they can dump on the table, um, which has not been able to be done before. And a lot of guys, that's one of the things that they even came out with, what, 1911-style safeties that had springs on them so that they would pop back the... Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're now at an 1147. You get three magazines with it. Um, so we're going to get so we're gonna get to see that. We're going to get to see that have fun. And, you know, some people have been like, well, yeah, but it's not one MOA. I mean, if we start a Hudson Custom Shop and I hand-fit your barrel, I mean, that's, that's your lockup. But in a production environment, you're going to get, uh, and not one MOA, I'm talking one inch of 25 yards, four MOA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if you can get one inch at 25 yards, but with production variability, you're going to get between one and 2.5. That's a production That's a production run pistol, and that's the only way we can keep it at the cost. But I saw uh, somebody uh, in the marketing came up with an Instagram post, and someone was like, you should have started at $600. That way the market could understand it, and then you could have gotten premium. I'm like, I'm like, here's what you need to tell them. At $600, uh, we could not keep everyone employed and pay for all the parts because I'd say one of our parts, like let's take, for example, the slide or the grip or, or the insert, each of those by themselves cost more to manufacture than the entirety of, a, of an M&P or a Glock 19 or a Glock 17. Uh, the machining, um, and this is a compliment to all those companies, they made uh, some very simple machining up and down, very simple uh, serrations on the side, yep. and so it's all machine time. You're paying per, uh, the cost of the machine time. Well, we have front and back premium-looking serrations, top serrations, and all kinds of stuff that, that really add to that cost. But I, I'd say that there is no other value on the market like the H9. I'm not saying it's cheap. I'm just saying there's no other value. Mm-hmm. I so like that's it. my shameless plug. And, you know, <laughs> Love it. The H9. So the H9A is supposed to bring down the retail cost around $200. It's my goal. Um, and we're able to do that because, you know, what a, a, a Trigicon HD front site, 90 bucks retail. Uh, fiber optic front site, $40 retail. So there's your savings on that. And then we start looking at the materials cost of machining aluminum versus steel. And then you look at the polymer versus the G10 or the steel on the back straps and the grip panels. And so that's where we're going to start cutting those costs. And we're going to do slightly easier to machine serrations. Still going to look like a good uh, Hudson pistol, but we're going to start bringing the cost down for the customer. So that's why I'm really excited about getting the H9A out there. But it's also like uh, whenever you start looking at the, the weight, we're at, we're competing right now with commander size 1911s as far as weight. Whenever you look at the H9A at 26 ounces. So, um, it is light. You can feel it too. I mean, yeah. you pick one up and then, or you pick up the the first H nine and then mm-hmm. the H nine A. It feels distinct, but it wasn't like it. It wasn't like a pound or anything, right? How much a difference is it? It is a half pound. Half and pound. So the H, this is I get to bring my my work home with me, um, but that's a uh, one of the prototypes that we're running still, and uh, I actually got some prototype VZ grips on there. So I'm getting to have. I'm finally getting to have some fun with you know. This privileges. As a matter of fact, I had never thought about it. Some, I was like, someone was talking to me, what guns are still on your really want list? And I start rattling off like 500. Like, why don't you consider like trading for those? 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I have that power now. Mind blown. Yeah, exactly. Like, no. I never thought about that. Yeah. It's a whole new world for me. <laughs> so I have to ask, uh, working together with Lauren, um, has it created any conflict? I mean, they say that, you know, it is it's hard to work together, live together. We we've about killed each other and this is with having a bunch of guns around the house many, many, many times. Um uh it has been extremely difficult and uh, that's, that's, you know, it's not because, well, she's, she's terrible or I'm terrible. Uh, you get into every type of argument possible. Mm-hmm. Well, where's the money go this week? Well, it isn't about your house finances anymore. It's about, you know, well, <laughs> do you like that person? No, I hate that person. Oh, I like that person. Oh, you know, you get into just the goofy things and, oh man, that's going to sound bad if someone just does that as an audio clip. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we, we've had we've had to work on that a lot, and a lot of it's just figuring out what are we good at. And mm-hmm. whew, self-assessment is one of the most miserable things to go, and, right? You know, in life, like, uh, yeah, because I want to sit there like, you know what, I'm really bad at. <laughs> let me let me point that out to everybody. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of that, um, not only up front, but uh, during the whole process. Uh, and uh, we've we've actually gone through different title changes, different roles, as far as. Uh, and then different responsibilities. And as we as we work through that, you only, if you're actually working at it, you only get better with time. Uh, but yeah, if anybody's wondering whether this is all easy, no, no, it is not. Um, but uh, okay, can I get sappy for a moment? Or? Of, of course, absolutely. Oh god! If you okay, cry, you, that's this is, this better ratings. And this is deconstructing the industry. Um, it's awesome to have someone uh, with you that you feel like you could trust 100% and that is intellectually and uh, committed as, as you are. So we, she's way smarter than me on many, 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 most all levels. Um, where I get to have fun is where I, I really love and will get nerdy about guns to a point that is, is silly. Um, but I can't pro- – I like processing it. I, it's not something I can do totally on my own. So whenever we actually worked as a partnership, that's where it started really getting good. And that's where uh, both of us have worked 14, 16, 18-hour days over the course of years. And I actually had this conversation with someone. They're like, how are you all doing that? We're like, right now it kind of stinks. Um, but it's nothing to Afghanistan. We saw each other five times in the full year, and every time there's an IED, I'm checking. You know, I'm waiting on the reporter. She's waiting on the reporter. We're trying to track each other down, or you know, call someone's talk and see, like, hey, is everybody okay? But if the, if everybody's on a communication freeze, you might not hear for three or five days. Wow. So uh, compared to that, you know, <laughs> this is cake. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it stinks to put things in perspective. I'd rather just you know whine about it. <laughs> <laughs> So let's do one more perspective. Who's the better shot? Oh, that's me. I'm sorry. That is, uh, that is definitely, and she is not here to defend herself. So I'm going to take this one on point. Um, uh, and also, if you ever get a chance to shoot with her, she's a total head case. Just pull out a camera and uh, it all goes away. Melts down, huh? Oh, it just, oh, she gets so mad. And then I'll, I'll start calling her out. Uh, so... Well, one of the, I remember one of our first times, like we were invited out to shoot with the marketing people and Lauren knows what she's doing. She starts shooting. She's just like, I'm done. I'm done. You know? And I was like, close your eyes, shoot at the target. And she's like, 
what are you stupid? I'm like, okay, I hear that a lot, but just just focus on your form, focus on trigger squeeze. And she starts pinging steel. You know, she made sure she, her side alignment, her body posture, she knows all that it's instinctual, but because someone started pulling out a camera and she's worried about the impact on the business and all that. Yeah. That all went, it went all with the crap. So I always call her a head case. So if, (laughs) if you ever get a chance to shoot with her, make sure you take that opportunity because I don't know if it'll make you her friend, but it'll be very funny. <laughs> That's awesome. What are your future? Yeah, she's not here to defend herself. <laughs> She'll take it out on me somehow, I'm sure, in the future. Uh, so wrapping up, where, what are your plans for the future? Let's get this H9A and threaded barrel and um, thumb safeties and everything out the door. That's what I'd love to see. Um, as we as we go forward and I'm really looking forward to a time where we're not totally focused on just growth because then we get to do more fun marketing stuff like the the marketing stuff up front was a lot of fun and it was um, dead on it was, it so, was cool, so yeah. impressive and that that video was such a risk I mean think about it first off we had to justify the cost yeah yeah um, but we you know we were just sitting there like this would be so cool and uh second, I'd, we'd never seen anyone successfully pull off like a, a viral teaser campaign um, of, of of what we were trying to accomplish. Everyone was NDA'd up. No one had ever heard of us. All we did was an eight-week teaser campaign with just stills on uh, on our website. And we were just teasing and everybody was just like, what? The, this is so stupid. What in the world? And we were just like at 9 a.m. Oh, and here you go. At, at 8 a.m., we were testing the website log into the website and all of a sudden it's like the Texas beef company has taken over our website. We're calling art. We're like, we're about to launch everything. Get our website up. So it was a 30 minute wake everybody up in Austin, Texas thing. Huge sigh of relief. We get them out of their bed. They fix it. It was just a broken link or something. We fix it. And then at nine o'clock it was refresh <laughs> 909 okay good the video's live everybody just don't ever admit to that all right this is and then we sat back and it just went bonkers it was so cool i mean we had what some people's uh, facebook pages had over three four million views that's awesome hey so i i do have one last thing to ask you and it's just a yes or no answer uh, knowing everything that you've told us, knowing everything that we know about the company. Uh, you said you started in 2013. It's now 2018. You've got one product in the market, one product coming to the market, but knowing everything that you know and how long these things take, is there something that you guys are already planning on for the future after the threaded barrel, after the H9A? Is there something that has you excited for the next three or four years? Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the teaser. Uh, yeah. we, 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 this, this, uh, I'm going to be more corny. Keep advancing. It's our tagline. It's our product. It's our I product saw that. Line. And we, we, uh, it was actually, it was very deliberately chosen because uh, we've got a long way to go. Um, we are so grateful right now. We, we got our first uh, big utility patent granted that, um, and that we can build a company off of um, the technology. So, yeah. And I know you said it was a one word answer, but don't give me something like that. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's awesome, man. Hudson Manufacturing. I love the H9. Uh, I, I enjoyed the H9A. So yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of your guys' story. Uh, you guys are fun to talk to and your product is pretty awesome as well. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on here. I, I hope I was at least a decent guest. Yeah. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> this is a tough crowd. Do you want to stick with us for 20 more minutes or do you have to run? Are, are, are you going to do prank calls and can yeah. I listen? Yes. I'll even go on mute if I'm allowed to listen. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. All right. So we have a huge announcement to make. Uh, we recently just uh, signed up Matador Arms as our sponsor for the prank calls. Yeah, so all the companies that have arms in their name out there, watch yourselves. Yeah. Because we're, we're definitely... Uh, yeah, Manticore Arms, Matador Arms. Yep. I mean, you know. Yeah, if your initials are MA, I was gonna say we're coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it awesome that they want to sponsor our prank calls? Like for once, like we're actually getting paid yeah. to make prank calls. Professional prank callers. We are, yeah. Yeah. Hashtag pranksters. I'm actually uh, that that I feel like an idiot. <laughs> I don't. So my aunt told me long ago. She's like, I don't think it's good that you're doing the prank calls. <laughs> and I was like, Well, as soon as they signed, uh, I text her and I said, I just want you to know that somebody specifically wants to sponsor that segment. Yeah. So, so for anyone who got mad at me when I was a teenager making prank calls every night. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you were just, just practice. In practice, your face. <laughs> yeah. Practice to, you know, to get to this point. Exactly. And we've learned valuable lessons in the prank calls. Like maybe don't drink all the alcohol before we do them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Everybody says that was Ava's best prank call. <laughs> <laughs> the one that she was coherent enough to make. <laughs> so Matador Arms, they are a Canadian based company. They make some really cool stuff They're They are actually, when we signed them, um, Manticore Arms said that they are like the Canadian-based... Manticore Arms. Yeah. <laughs> Ma- Manticore Arms said that Matador Arms is the Canadian <laughs> Manticore Arms. Exactly, because they're, they're making really cool stuff that just kind of makes your life easier. Uh, they're really well-known for like the SKS stuff. Uh, the product I want to talk about today is the Mag Rotor, which is made for a 1022, and it holds three different magazines so that you can quickly rotate and, you know... You don't have to waste time reloading. Uh, so definitely go and check their check them out. Um, I just realized, actually, Annika gave us a code because, you know, once again, our listeners do not pay full price. And I will say that uh, I have seen these mag rotors. They're pretty cool because uh, especially in places that have like magazine restrictions and limits and stuff like that, you can basically put three smaller mags on and then just pop it out, pop it in. Easy to go. Easy peasy. And then, um, so the code is GunFunny10. GunFunny10, and that'll save you because look, you're not paying that full price. That gets you 10% off. Yep. All right. Check them out, Matador Arms. That's M A T A D O R arms.com, and use that code. Is it time for me to be embarrassed? It is. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time for the prank call. It's time for prank calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Five Eleven Tactical, Colorado Springs. This is Tom. Um. Yes. Hello. My name is Regina, and I've mm-hmm. I've got a question. I'm looking for some tactical apparel, but uh, my lifestyle might be a little different from some of the people that you have. I'm uh, six foot four, uh, but I, so I was born a man, but I became a woman and I identify as a woman <laughs> now. So, do you have anything that's like really uh, large, but also very feminine as well? Um, like how large? What size are you looking for? A six foot four. Uh, very petite and skinny, if if you know. It'd be what size? Uh, I'm not really sure what size. I'm very new at this. Uh, 
<laughs> so I, I don't really know a size, but six foot four, uh, very skinny, a petite. Six foot four is not. Uh, well, our pants come in. Um, the like men's a, are like a uh, anywhere from a thirty inseam to a thirty six inseam. The women go either regular or long. Uh-huh. Uh so it, You're just gonna have to try them on to see what sizes you really need. Do you have the changing rooms there? All right, so like, uh, what kind of styles would you recommend? Because I like, I, I am tactical AF. Uh, I was a former <laughs> marine, but like, you know, now I'm just trying to be feminine. So like, do you have the feminine clothing as well? Yeah, we have a whole women's section. All right, and do you have stuff for tall women? Yeah. All right, great. Now, like, when you see a, a woman in the firearms industry, like, what what, what do you really uh, what what's sexy to you? <laughs> um. You know, I don't know, really. I mean, we've got a whole women's line of pants, jackets, shirts. Just everybody picks out something a little bit different. Do you think that it would be, like, better for a woman to be training on the range or something with, like, a dress or something or, like, the the 511? No, 5'11", definitely. I mean, we have some uh, range Raven Range pants, like a thicker uh, yoga pant that have belt loops and everything. That are basically yoga pants made for the range. So the only problem uh, with that is that I still, I still, I still have a penis. Uh, so <laughs> yoga pants aren't going to work for me. But like, what, what kind of other styles do you have for the women's pants? Uh, we have cargo pants. We have some ripstop. Um, they're called cirrus pants. They're kind of like the men's ridge line. So uh, they're almost like a tactical khaki. Um, We've got some Defender from Defender from Defender from Defender from Defender from Defender Flex that are going to be like a flexible um, jean almost. Um, All right, that sounds, that sounds pretty great. I just, and capris. Uh, yeah, I, I just definitely need something that's going to hide because i got the bumps up top and down below still uh, just until <laughs> I get the surgery. But, okay, thank you. Uh, you're in Colorado Springs? Yep. I've right. got another store up in uh, Highlands Ranch also. All right, that's fantastic. I'm going to come down and uh, see you in Colorado Springs. I appreciate it. What was your name? Tom. Tom, thank you so much. I really look forward to meeting you, okay? Oh, thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye, Tom. I must have been really drunk because, wow. Oh, my God. I think I didn't realize how funny that was until just now. Yeah, same. I didn't remember. Uh, yeah, Cy, so welcome to the show. Tom, Tom was so professional. Okay, oh, so the, no that's the thing. All these people that we call in the firearms industry, they are, like, so patient and understanding and professional yeah. and we just like we called a company and they literally called me back for like three days just to make sure everything was okay yeah i mean <laughs> they say that you know gun owners are monsters no they're the nicest people ever yeah most even tempered <laughs> i wish cell phone companies had as good good of customer yeah. service you know what i'm saying like oh uh, well, and i'm not and i'm not trying to say that i would i wouldn't expect tom to be professional but it was the whole I'm 6'4", I'm new at this, I don't have my size. Well, the long inseam versus the regular inseam and just went on. I was like, all right. I know. (laughs) That's that's awesome right there. It's not like we're going to play guessing games. It's not like he said, I think you need to go figure that out and give me a call back. No, he tried to walk him through. (laughs) And that character called a gun store too. They were like trying to hook hook her up with uh, like uh, one of their other customers that uh, lives that same lifestyle. And actually you, you hit on that guy. Yeah. 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 You were like, are you single? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, uh, firearms industry. Anyone who ever questions the professionalism of the firearms industry, just listen they to the show. They are professional <laughs> AF. Yeah. Exactly. Until Sean Seriously, brings I'll, up I'll, I think I might have to branch out and try to find some, some less professional people to make the okay, calls more funny. Okay, we're going to call you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for leaving your number in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so I think we should retire Regina because that voice makes me uncomfortable. Oh, I love it! I love Regina. No, I hate it. She's hilarious. She's yeah. one of your best voices. Yeah, <laughs> Regina and Ricardo. Yep. Yeah, like Ricardo, I can get down with because he's like tough. Uh, you know, grew up on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Illegal. Uh, that that raises some questions, but <laughs> let's do some gear talk real quick. Tactic talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. So, Sai, are you familiar with Blue Alpha Gear belts? They're pretty popular, I guess, within the 2A community. I I have not ever had the chance to use one. uh, I've definitely seen them before. I, I will admit to being... A recovering gear dough. So. <laughs> Perfect. Recovering. That's horrible. That's so boring. <laughs> He's like, I'm trying to be professional, not so much tactical cool nowadays. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So Blue Alpha Gear, they make a lot of uh, a lot of belts, a lot of everyday carry belts. Um, and this is one of their hybrid EDC belts. This has the actual smaller female side of the belt, so it'll actually fit through belt loops, so you don't have to take it off or anything like that, which is definitely highly sought after. And Blue Alpha Gear was actually the first ones to kind of bring that to market. And we, we actually love them. If you know anything about uh, any of the other stuff we do, you'll know that Blue Alpha Gear is a big part of a lot of things we do. Ava, you recently wore that low-profile EDC belt, which just kind of had the, the hook instead of the actual big Cobra buckle. Uh-huh. I thought we were going into something else. Yeah, Ava- Why don't we tell everybody that I gained weight, okay? Oh, well, I was going to bring that up next. So did you like that, that low-profile EDC belt? Yeah, it was nice. Well, I was going to ask her whose it was. <laughs> it's mine. All right, which brings me up to my next point. And Blue Alpha Gear actually has a resizing service. So if you uh, lose weight or gain weight, you can actually... I want everyone to know I only gained an inch, okay? Okay. Well, I mean... That's it. It was just an inch. Mm. And uh, they're really, you know... The... Now you're giving Sean too much credit. Yeah, I'm like, because you wore my belt. Your belt that was like from four years ago. No, I literally got it like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the white cake. <laughs> this is getting real awkward for everybody. But anyway, they've got a resizing service. So it's like 20 bucks. They'll send you a mailing label and then they will basically resize your belt for you up or down, whichever the case may be, and, and send it back to you, which is also kind of a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, their warranty is great and just a great company to work, to work with. Like we've gotten the opportunity to talk and, and see Kurt a lot at different events and things like that. And Kurt, by the way, he does not like gun bunnies. He does not like gun bunnies no. at all. He unfollowed me on Instagram, actually, because he thought I was a gun bunny. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah. Well, Kurt. <laughs> there you go. I don't know what to say, but yeah. I hope you're regretting your decision. <laughs> so these are... Go ahead, Zai. No, I was going to say, the first year it shot, uh, we actually had people talking to Lauren, thought she was the gun, uh, the booth babe or the gun oh. bunny, and like they would try to go right past her and talk to someone else, and the person working the booth be like, she'd probably actually be able to answer that question better for you, <laughs> and all that Lauren would say every time was, you're so sweet, thank you so much, that's, that's so nice of you, and I was like, Yep, kill them with kindness. Yep, be prepared to kill them anyway. It is it is annoying when you actually do know what you're talking about, 
But I can understand why they would assume that because all of these companies just hire these promo models to just, you know, hang around the booth and hopefully that'll attract attention to their table. But um, it's nice when one of them is the the uh, co-owner, founder of the company and the big, as you say, the brains behind the operation. Yeah, (laughs) it it was kind of funny. We actually had some high profile people do it and came back just like ashen face. Like, we are so sorry. We did not. Oh, please forgive us. And it was so funny. Love it. So I took it like a champ. Check out the uh, hybrid ECD, EDC belt. This is uh, 65 bucks, And again, great warranty, resizing service, which is apparently important these days. And uh, just really good stuff. Where can they find it? They can find it at bluealphagear.com. Cool. Yep. And I've got a bunch of them. They've even got competition belts with the, uh, the inner belt and then the outer belt, which is what I wore at that class where Ava had to wear my belt. <laughs> hey, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Do you happen to know the price range of those off the top of your head? Yeah. So it's like six, 65 bucks to 75 <laughs> bucks, just him. depending. Uh, the, the, the double belt system, that actually goes even a little bit higher just depending on what you want. But yeah, I mean, you can even go way lower, actually. They've got the e- the SR EDC belt, which has the the plastic clips, and those are uh, $29.97. And I do mean clips, not magazines. <laughs> you, Lacey, you, you clarify. I know, yeah, otherwise right. we'll get the hate mail. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, hate mail, we get, <laughs> we get actually quite the opposite. We've only gotten like one-star reviews like only a handful of times. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing after these prank phone calls that and, we're now paid to do. Yep. And these reviews, these were all good. Do you want to read them, Lacey? Sure. I'm going to try and not butcher this again. Uh, Jay Harrow, I'm going to say. Triple eight, five stars. Ava and Lacey are bay. Woo! All right. <laughs> Sean, meh. Eh. I listened to five episodes straight in one day, and I sure didn't get bored. Keep it up, guys. Love the show. Only gun-related podcast I listen to, for now. Just kidding. Greetings from Behind Enemy Lines, Los Angeles, California. Meh. I've I've heard better reviews. (laughs) I don't know. I like that one. I don't know. Jay Harrow, he's meh. (laughs) The next one is CDN Redneck 420, five stars. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Kill Balthazar. I love the show, but Gertrude, for the love of God, shoot Balthazar right in the head and save us all. Honestly. Yeah, I think if any character probably has to die, it should be him. him. That's my favorite because he makes everyone so uncomfortable. He's so (laughs) creepy. But listen, Balthazar's probably going to shoot himself at some point, so. That might be accurate. Wow. Yeah. I I, I took it there. It (laughs) did. Squatty Bob, five stars, chocolate guacamole. You know if you leave guacamole out on the counter overnight, it magically turned to creamy chocolate? It's true. So smooth and delicious, but be careful. More than a couple tacos full and your lower intestines will prolapse. Okay, so that's just disgusting. Like, guacamole does turn brown and that is not good. Don't eat that. And that makes me not want to eat guacamole yeah. for but, a while. But what does that have to do with the show? We've never even mentioned guacamole. Understand. I'm so confused. I don't understand it That either. is a great question. Uh, I, just like fun facts. I don't know. If you would like to leave us fun facts, just search for us <laughs> in iTunes. Search for Gun Funny or go to Gun Funny on Facebook and leave us reviews there as well. We totally appreciate it. And it helps defeat uh, the Apple and Facebook algorithms because good reviews always help people find good content. And you know what? Um, because we've gotten so many great reviews lately, I'm going to pick a winner and they are going to get a free ride into the Patreon Facebook only page. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. So, Jay Harrow, 888. Yeah. 
uh, call me. <laughs> no, send us a message at gunfunnyshow at gmail.com. And, if, you, uh, if you think I'm being high, I mean, being nice to this dude, <laughs> I just uh, I gave away my punchline. I was like, if you, if you think I'm going to be nice to this dude, you're high. <laughs> Way to be Here's smooth. one mention of 420. <laughs> Thank you. We are in Colorado. Oh, yeah. Uh, love it. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Uh, so if you guys want to find us, we're at gunfunny.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Twitter. Uh, and then another thing, if you can't get enough of us, become a Patreon. Um, actually, there's quite a few Patreons that have the uh, Hudson 9, the H9, and they love them. So that's why we had you on the show, because, you know, they're big fans. Yeah, it's and been all the rave in the Patreon group for the has. last week. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so that's we have some, cool. we have really, some really cool, cool people in there, you know. But anyways, if you guys want to be part of the Patreon, uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. And there's a bunch of different levels, but $1 will get you into our Facebook only Patreon page or Facebook only <laughs> Patreon group. Our, yes, our Patreon and only Facebook group. Thank you. I do that all the time. Don't worry. Uh, you can get access to our Snapchat, monthly raffle, um, limited edition t-shirt, shout out on the show. Speaking of shout out on the show. Who are we shouting out today? Actually, can we talk real quick about uh, the Snapchat? Because I run that, and maybe chocolate guacamole is because I run the Snapchat. <laughs> no, just kidding. So we have our top Patreon, or I'm sorry, our $25 Patreon is actually Corbin Bonafide still. And uh, if, you, if you go to the $25 level, we say your name on the show, right? That's correct. But we've also got this cool thing called King of the Patreons, which is the, the guy or gal or company that donates the most through Patreon every single month gets a shout out. And our, our king of Patreons is Cooper Custom Kydex. All right. I so love it. they make Kydex holsters. I checked out. I put a link actually to their website and their holsters are actually really nice. They've uh, they've come up with some really cool uh, accessories. And uh, that one time when I made my own Kydex holster and I mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. lost my hair and yep. my fingers and all yep. that. Um, so I can recognize when I see a nice holster and these are actually pretty nice holsters. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. So check them out. CooperCustomKydex.com. He is king of the Patreon. So if your company would like to, uh, outdo them, just go to patreon.com slash gun funny. Oh, and the next five people to sign up, get a free gift. What? Mm-hmm. What do you think? We're made of money here? Yep. Yeah. What are we giving out? Uh, uh well, I, Sean pays for it. So what? Uh, what? Yeah. Well, that explains All right, guys, we out. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys next week, and thanks for listening. And where is it? There it is. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else? Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.